are back with another episode of the Hockey Princess Podcast. I am your host, the Hockey Princess. We have Krusty Old Guy this week. We've got hockey this week. It's a good time. Just a quick reminder, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on either Spotify or Apple Podcast, whichever one you are listening on. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, you want to be on an episode, you can send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or email us at thehockeyprincess at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Um, just a couple of NHL things before we get into the Hawks situation. Just a, nothing really drama-wise happened in the NHL this week. Just a couple of contract extensions. Devon Taves with the Colorado Avalanche extended for another seven years. That is about 50 mil, in between 50 and 51 mil. And then Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck, two big key points in the Winnipeg Jets lineup. Both extended for seven years as well. Big, big fun. Big fun. Aside from that, nothing really happened. No. So you've got a line. uh, Seems like uh, Taves took a tiny bit less to stay in Colorado had he hit the open market. I've got to figure he would have made a little bit more. Um, But there's something to be said. You get to, you know, live in Denver and you're part of a really good team for a while. And, uh, you know, they've got also Bo Byram coming up probably next year. So if you want to keep this going, I mean, everybody can't take the moon. Um, so and as far as the Winnipeg boys, um, you know, a lot of people had them circled for going to different teams. Now that's not going to be the case. Um, you know, I, it's great for Winnipeg. Uh, it's a hard place to get people to go to because, you know, it's pretty simple. If you're given a choice to go to South Florida or Winnipeg for the winter and work, odds are good you would take South Florida. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always a little bit of a struggle for the Jets. So I'm kind of glad that that happened. Um, hopefully the Jets can put it together a little bit and have a decent year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much it in terms of the NHL scope. So let's get into some... Actually, before we get into the Blackhawks stuff, we'll get into Rockford and some prospects really quickly. Just as a, here's how they're doing at the beginning of the season. Hold for me opening up my notebook. All right. So we've got, as we talked about kind of during training camp and over the summer, some of our fan favorites of prospects. Uh, Paul Ludwinski, who is playing for the Kingston Frontenacs, getting major top-line time, way more than he got last year. A couple goals and assists already. We love to see it, especially because my dream is in two years we see Ludwinski and Savoie on the same line. Um, especially because they've played the past two training camps already together. I can't wait for it. Yep, I'm with you on that, Hockey Princess. Kind of like the way they two two of them play together. Hopefully, uh, Savoie, you know, gets the leg all taken care of. Which also brings us to another one. So I did get (laughs) insider information that, you know, Savoie is, its surgery went well. He's rehabbing. Expected six to eight months. It's still a huge long rehab because that was a horrific thing that happened. But so far, he's doing well. How did you get that insider information, Hockey? Because I met one of his uncles. So 
last week, as I said, when I had Adam on the show, I was up in Canada. We ended up going to a Q League game for the Moncton Wildcats, and I kind of ran into one of his uncles. <laughs> that's first-hand information. That is first-hand that's doing, information. You know, that's going the extra mile. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we love to hear that he's doing well because he is the podcast's host's favorite prospect. I hear ya. <laughs> um, next one we've got is our NASCAR. So Frank Nazar, for those who don't know, was pretty much out for the better part of last year up at University of Michigan. He's back. He's getting top line minutes. He's playing with Rutger McRory, who's another bigger key piece for Michigan this year as well. And I'm also I'm also excited to see what he does, especially because there's a lot of big pieces that were a part of Michigan's lineup last year that are no longer there. So True. it'll be nice to see how Nazar does with the spotlight pretty much on him. Not exclusively on him. This isn't a Bedard situation, but, you know, a bigger... There's bigger shoes to fill. There's a bigger spotlight this year, and there's more expectation. Yeah, but, um, you know, Michigan is still a big-time program with other big-time talent. So it's not like uh, NASCAR is going to be expected to carry the team. Right. There's plenty of talent there. But, yeah, he'll have a, a darn good role, hopefully. Um, other, we've got our Minnesota ones. We've got both Oliver Moore and Sim Renzel are playing second-line minutes, which is fine. Because for those who don't know, this is their freshman year. Um, they're babies. So second-line is completely fine. Um, both are already racking up some points. Oliver looks incredible on the ice. Loved loved the little videos from Minnesota. Um, yeah, and uh, Renzel is starting to get some love too. So that's uh, again, he's a longer term prospect. Yeah. But again, if he can put it together with that size, you know, you're already seeing with Pickle, it's it's not a bad thing. Yeah. No, it's not. All right, so we've got the first. Sorry, looking through my notes. Um, ooh, Rockford first. So Rockford's only played two games so far against San Jose's minor league affiliate. Um, both games had the same outcome of 7-2. to two. Rockford was on the winning side for one of them and on the losing side for the other one. Um, but for the winning side, it was great. Even Drew Camasso got a point that game. Yes. <laughs> An apple for Drew. We love it. We love to see it. Um, let's see. So looks like, and both of the lineups for both Rockford games were pretty much the same. The only difference was, you know, Drew Camesso was in net for one. Jackson Stauber was in the net for the other one. Um, my biggest thing that I'm intrigued to, uh, no, there's a couple that I'm excited. Mainly their third line, um, just because it's got a lot of prospects. You've got Auntie Sorella. Jalen Lupin and Ryder Rolston all playing together. Lupin didn't play a ton during training camp just because he was hurt. He played a little bit at the end. Rolston really impressed me during training camp. So I'm excited and I'm just excited for him in general. And I'm excited to see what he does because that is a big line. Lupin's a huge dude. Even if he's not huge on paper, he has the presence of being big. 
and so does Rolston. Sorella is still a little bit on the smaller end, but it's still a lot of guys who have the ability to make themselves bigger, which I like to see in the third line. Um, the other one that kind of surprised me was you've got EDM and Nolan Allen together, which I wanted EDM and Creature Creature together, which is fine. Creature's playing with Healy. Healy was a um, signing over the summer just for some veteran presence defensively because you really don't have a ton. Um, but, you know, it's a long season. It's a long season. Maybe at some point we'll get EDM and Creature together. I just really liked it during training camp. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, EDM and uh, uh, Nolan Allen together. Um, I mean, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say that's the group that will be out there at the end of games. Uh, shutting down teams with a minute to go for years and years. That's, that's my hope. They both bring a little bit of bump in their game. So, um, you know, I'm more than happy with them uh, pairing together. Um, you know, and if we're talking about the defense pairs, obviously management from the Blackhawks all the way to Rockford hate Isaac Phillips. Yeah, what's up with that, Chicago? We don't like it. And I'm only saying that is because I don't know how he draw. Drew the short straw, and he is stuck with Philip Roos as his defensive partner. They are the top pairing, though, in Rockford, don't they? Well, that's all Isaac Phillips. (laughs) And uh, crusty old guy doesn't really ever say that uh, people... What? We're in a bus stop, Crusty. Yeah, I know. Okay. Sorry, we're driving right now, so... uh, (laughs) Hockey Princess was, you know, telling me how to drive, which is never a good thing, you know. I just thought you were parking and that we no, were No, I'm not parking. Com- I'm looking to uh, whip and nay-nay around here. Um, so, I don't know why Isaac is being stuck with that guy. I don't have, or on this show, I won't be brown-beating probably hardly anybody. Philip Roofs is the exception. He can go back over the pond. He's just not a very good hockey player. I feel bad for Isaac that he's got to lug around with him, at least for now. So, there. There's Coach Dill Guy's little rant on all that. So, uh, besides that, uh, uh, Templey, I think, got some points. Templey. Templey's on the top line with Templey, Senny, and Gust. Right. They're together. So, and, you know, most of... The forward pairs are not going to be there. Yeah, are not going to be there. And uh, Colton is still hurt, so he's not in Rockford yet. Which, that's so. okay. Yeah, it he won't be the end of the time. world. So, and again, Drew looked very good in net. And Stauber, you know, he struggled in preseason and is still struggling in Rockford right now. So, you know, that is what it is. It's not what it's not. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the rest of that goes. So, that's all I got on Rockford. I think. All right, let's get into Chicago. All right. Well, none of them are in Chicago right now. But first game, or sorry, we talked about the first game last episode. So the next one that we weren't able to talk about is the Boston game. Yes. Um, I thought so. Bloom was in net. I didn't think he looked all that bad. Not great. 
Certainly, I think he looked better against Toronto last night than in net in Boston. But... Yeah, but uh, he's still... You're still playing against some really (coughs) skilled players in Boston. He looked really good. Yeah. He looked really good in Boston. Um, There was not a... You know, a problem with that defensively, there wasn't, it wasn't awful. Um, They really didn't play bad. No, it just looked like Boston just looked so much extra physical or like the physicality from Boston was just leaps and bounds more than what we were putting out there. Yeah, and and that's going to happen occasionally. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's the big bad Bruins. You know they're they're going to be a little bit more physical than other teams, so um you know the rest of the game um they played pretty well. I'm trying to grab the score thing from it. That's okay. We yeah. lost three to one. Yeah, I, I know that. It was a uh, Pasternak and uh, I forget what the other Boston goal was. Um. But it's, yeah, and then there was an empty netter in there. So basically, you played really well. Bedard, of course, with his first goal. So you know, we that love was, it. That was the big thing. This one I did miss, so we're not getting three stars. <sighs> Boo! I know. I know. Um, again, you know, one of the main things that we'll talk about on this show is the baby D. And in the Boston game, the baby D played pretty good. Vlasic, Vlasic. Um, Vlasic in the Boston game played okay. Um, him and Seth uh, looked pretty good. You still had core with Murphy, and I believe Kaiser was uh, played with Tenorti. They all held their own. They all had their own little struggles at times. They kept it very basic, which is going to be kind of their thing. I think that first period, they're just told, just get the puck out. Don't try to do too much. We'll worry about that in the second and third period. So, um, again, for a road game against a very good team. Not bad. There wasn't a lot to complain about. There really wasn't. Um, nobody that you sat there and looked at and said, oh, geez, they just don't look like they're able. You know, maybe right. maybe Lucas a little bit. It's been a rough start for Lucas. Again, as far as you're concerned with Lucas, if you plan to, to have Lucas Reichel as your center, then you're going to have to deal with some growing pains for 20, 30 games before you make a decision that you say, hey, he needs to be on the wing. Right. So, um, but besides that, no, it's a good game. Nice, nice. Um, all right, so we've got Boston. Next one is going to be the Montreal game. Um, I think... My in my notes, I say, "Good God, that power play looks awful." <laughs> uh well, it well it does. But I mean, that's going to be consistent throughout most games. But that looked pretty bad. Like I say, so crusty old guy and I typically do a preview before we start filming, just to go over notes and such. Um, we sure do. And I was talking to. I was talking to you about, it was like the middle of the first, Hawks are on the power play, and they're set up in their, I don't know what shape they do, triangle, diamond, whichever, and it goes, ba-da, 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 same 
formation in terms of passing and everything, and Montreal's goaltender is blocking it every time. But over Montreal's goaltender's left shoulder, there is a clear open shot. And if Donato would have just moved, could have gotten something. I think it, it needs motion. You need movement. So the this, but up and up and up is just boring passing. Is that what we're to yeah. take away from all of this? But up and up and up. Predictable. But up and up and up, up means boring passing. So, you know, those of our our constant listeners, you know, for the next segment, if you hear Hockey Princess go, but up and up and up, that means it's boring passes everything on the outside. I take it that's correct? Yeah. Okay. It's just predictable. Yeah, nobody likes but up and up and up. Okay. Who were my other ones? I thought Vlasic looks good. Kaiser looked okay. It did, nothing stood out to me bad. Nothing stood out to me great. I think he was there. I think he played it safe. Um, also big one. So Taylor Hall did get injured during the Boston game. He was out for the Montreal game. Radish was the replacement for Taylor Hall on that top line. And I miss Taylor Hall quite a bit. Just because I like how it flows a little bit more with Taylor Hall and Bedard up there. But it was fine. Um, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the Montreal game was, you know, as we like to say here on the Hockey Princess, a shit show. Um, that was basically a team... That you should be able to play with. I think also they they just slept for the first 20 minutes of the game. I'd give it they slept for the first 40, but that's just me, Hockey Princess. So, Well, I was going to have a cigar, but now I'm stuck on a time crunch, so I think we'll just sit here in the vehicle and do the rest of the podcast there, Princess, if that's okay with you. That's all right with me. That's all right with me. Um, I did think Boris Kachu looked good during the Montreal game. I mean, nobody looked great, but... You know, I wasn't like scared seeing the number fourteen on the ice. Yeah, um, you know, one of the guys for me that uh, struggled a little bit in the Montreal game and has struggled a little bit all the time was uh, uh, your Connor Murphy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of their goals was uh, a mistake on his part. And and listen, as far as I'm concerned, if somebody gets beat one on one. Or manhandled, and there's a great scoring chance. That's going to happen occasionally. But Connor Murphy's decision when it was a two-on-two heading down the ice, and this is Montreal's, I think, second goal. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that. But basically, he leaves his guy to go help core out. And you just can't do that. So then it's a pass back to the guy Murphy's supposed to have, and bing, it's in the back of the net. I'm sure Luke talked to Murphy. I understand that Core is 19 years old, but the objective of this is you can't baby him and you can't cover for him. Everybody's got a job to do. If he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it. That's on him. Right, but Murphy can't be going out of position to try to do that. There's only been one great defenseman that's ever been able to do that, and his name's Duncan Keith. And Duncan. I don't think I don't think Connor Murphy's near that fast. So I don't think um, anybody's near that fast. I don't think they had a lot of jump. I don't know why, but it was a lackluster game until the end a little bit. 
but still, you know, it's with this team, it's easy to to take a Herb Brooks thing and just go. Listen, there is nobody in the league that they can beat on talent alone because they're probably <laughs> the least talented team in the league. So you've got you've got to show the energy, you've got to show the jump, and you've got to do things properly to compete. So speaking of doing things properly, what really stood out to me. And on both sides for the Montreal game, just a lot of dumb penalties and stupid mistakes that resulted in dumb penalties that could easily have been avoided. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's all around. Hockey's a weird game and, you know, things have a tendency to snowball and just all of a sudden you come out flat. And then you're not moving your feet. And because you're not moving your feet, you take lazy, stupid penalties. And the next thing you know, you're chasing the game. Because even if the team doesn't score on the power play, which nobody has scored on the power play against your Chicago Blackhawks yet. Excuse me? Mm? Huh? Who scored? Oh, she's got notes. Toronto. We had, First power play goal was by Tyler Johnson last night in the Toronto game. No, I'm talking against your Chicago oh, Blackhawks. against the Chicago Blackhawks. Against your Chicago Blackhawks. I don't believe that's happened yet. So um, I know no, definitely we... at the Montre- by the Montreal game it didn't. So, um, you know, but then it's still two minutes away, and usually teams get some momentum from that. So right. it was just, it became a comedy of errors, and the thing was is, you know, you were still there at the end. Yeah, the final score was what three to two. Yeah, doesn't seem that bad. Trust me, the game was a lot more lopsided than a three three to two score. So, um, you know, lesson learned. I think Luke uh, gave them a tiny bit of business as far as you know the jump that that's needed every night in the NHL. So, again, they were able to put that one nicely behind them. So. We got my three stars for the Montreal game. Okay, go ahead with the three stars. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. Number one star. And there'll be, I promise there'll be games where I don't put him as the number one star. This kid has just impressed the heck out of me this past week. It's the number one star. We go with Alex Vlasic. Whoa. Okay. Just from watching him. And for those who don't know, crusty old guy and I have been watching Alex Vlasic for a hot minute since he came on the Blackhawks scene. Because we're cool like that. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're darn cool. And he, j- I just see consistent improvement. And I think, you know, you've, you're playing with Seth Jones. You can't be making stupid mistakes. You have to have the ability to hold your own. That's Seth true story. Jones isn't going to babysit you. Connor Murphy will babysit. Tenority will babysit. You're playing with Seth Jones. You're not getting babysat. You're expected to hold your own, right? And you're you're expected to understand that you know he's he's the one who's supposed to be jumping up in the play, right? Um, he's going to do that, so you need to be kind of ready for that. Um, but the pickle's been more than ready for it. He's been a a presence. It's been a very good pleasant surprise so far. That's for darn sure. Other one I've got, 
And this one does have to do with the points, but I am just going to get where second start is going to Tyler Johnson, especially because his goals were a bit awkward. So you just have to have the mentality of just constantly trying to get it to the net. We love to see it. I don't care how the puck gets in the net. Yep. Once it gets in, we're, that's what matters. Not how, just the fact that it does. Right, and he put two in, and yeah. both of the ones he put in were from point shots from Seth Jones. Yeah. So, and then rebounds, so that means you're close to the net, doing what you're supposed to do. Standing so. in front of the net. If you hear anybody screaming at Blackhawk games this season, stand in front of the net. It's probably coming from us. Could be, could be. And then the third, we're going to Connor Bedard. For the sheer fact of... You have an entire stadium booing you every time you touch the puck. You have, still haven't played at home yet. You know, just we're... Yeah, that's that's got to be an unbelievably cool feeling. Yeah. To hear a whole stadium singling you out when you've never even played there before. In your and you third are, NHL game. And you are handling all of this like an absolute champ. Yeah. I mean, well, he's been through it forever. So he's, you know, I, I don't. This is still a different scale. Yeah, it's a different scale, but he's he's used to this kind of stuff. I, don't, I think he's almost robotic in this, and he will be until the only things, the times that you'll see him maybe lose it are in like two years when this team's expected to win and things aren't going our way, I think then you'll see something out like of him. For now, in the penalty box and Seabrook has to go t- tell him, hey, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe not something like that, but, you know, you're just, I don't want to say going through the motions, but right. <clears throat> it's just not to the importance level. And, you know, he gets, you know, everybody... It's either you think, oh my gosh, this guy's all world, or you hate him for being all world. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it is. So, yeah. you know, again, uh, hopefully, you know, he can do a string of 82 games being at least one of your three stars. Yeah. I think he's got a chance for it. So. So, uh, Toronto. Yeah. That's what we want to talk about. So, this is, what day is today? Today's Tuesday. So today's Tuesday, the Toronto game was yesterday on a Monday, and oh, was that fun. I'll let... Uh... I did not expect any of that, especially with how the Blackhawks played in Montreal, on top of what Austin Matthews has been doing the beginning of the season. Um, For those who don't know, he got back-to-back hat tricks, which is not a normal thing that happens. Yes, it's definitely not a normal thing. You know, in two games, he had six goals. He was on pace for... I don't know, something like 268 goals. Yeah, absolutely wild. Um, very not expected. Hawks end up coming, beating Toronto. Was the final score 4-1, to one, I think? Final score was 4-1. to one. Um, We won't skip to the end right now, but the end was pretty wacky. Um, Arvid Soderblom was in net, and I thought Bloom played great. Absolutely great. One, you only let one in. And two, you're consistently defending against Austin Matthews. And really, any goaltender that's able to do that successfully with the trajectory that Austin Matthews has had at the beginning of the season, mad props. 
Yeah, um, <laughs> the Bloom has it looked. He looked fantastic. Um, you know, the Bloom at times would eat pucks, and at other times he'd give up rebounds. But the rebounds all went to the side. He rarely kicks anything out. And leaves it in the front of the net. And that's what you need to do. Right. Until, like, the end of the game where, you know, they pulled their goaltender and it's a mad scramble and you're just trying to hold on. Um, you know, Bloom more and more reminds me of Crawford. Um, he's just robotic. His angles are always good. It looks effortless to him. So what I mean by that is you'll see, you'll watch some goaltenders and they're flopping from one end of their post to the other, and it looks like they're making these spectacular saves, but it's because they're out of position to begin with, and now they're trying to react and cover for that. Corey Crawford was great about it. He knew where he was supposed to be at all times. Bloom seems to have that, at least for now, and it's it's fantastic. He was He was out of his mind, and the defense played very well in front of him, it was a phenomenal game, but uh, that's my little take on the bloom. Love the bloom. Um, some keynotes for the Toronto game. They did not have a morning skate prior to the game. Correct. Luke, Luke Richardson wanted them rested after the shit show that was Montreal. Um, Zev is finally in the lineup, as well as Mac. Yes. Which... They had a weird lineup or line in Toronto, which was Boris Kachuk, Andreas Anthonisiu, and Mackenzie Entwistle, which I would not suspect to put that line together, but it worked weirdly, and I liked it. Big yeah, fan. it Big worked fan. really well. Um, yeah, getting back to the defensive pairings, Tenorti went out. Um, Tenorti did not look all that great in the Boston game. Um, so it was a good chance to get Zaitsev in, you know, because I guess there's something that we have to blame. Um, we could so be playing Isaac Phillips instead. That also gave, uh, you know, Kaiser a chance to play on his normal side. So, and then, yeah, Mac uh, made the most out of his opportunity. Um, I think he played only about eight minutes or whatever, but uh, was able to, uh, to pot the first one. Yeah, with an excellent setup by Double uh, A. Yes. The other one, and I, like I said, I promise I'm not going to talk about Alex Vlasic every episode, but I might. But the setup that Vlasic gave, I think it was Hall for one of the goals. No, that was the stretch pass to Corey Perry's. To Corey Perry. Yes. That stretch pass. Oh, my God. I, yes. Love it. And I also think he looked great. Um, it was right prior to the um, second goal when Vlasic's in front defending against Tavares. And he doesn't let up on Tavares. He doesn't let him just be like, yeah, okay. No, that I've was tried. A, that was a defining moment. Uh, Tavares is a big boy. Um, Core got... Stuck against him a good amount in the first period, and there was some struggles from core. Hey, nothing that gave up a goal. It was probably a phenomenal learning experience for him. Absolutely. Um, but the the situation that you're talking about, Vlasic had been on the ice for at least one minute and 15 seconds. For those new to the game, most shifts, gosh, if, you, if you're 
at 45 seconds, that's too long. Yeah. You like to be 30 seconds and then off because the legs get tired and you give up scoring opportunities when just that little bit that you can't go all out because your legs are tired. Vlasic had been out there for at least a minute 15, maybe even a minute 30, and he's had a battle next to the net with Tavares and handled him. Yeah. That's man shit. <laughs> this is a big boy, but he's still just a boy. I, I know the moment you're talking about. It was a defining moment. It was phenomenal. Um, and there's no way not to talk about Vlasic after this game. You know, I call it a coming out party for him. Um, you know, he, you get national exposure whenever you play against Toronto. Uh-huh. So the national media takes notice. And uh, he's been a phenomenal pairing with, uh, with Seth. Uh, they've made for one hell of a combo. Can't talk enough about him right now. It's been fantastic. Absolutely. So um, fantastic. my props to Pickle, um, it, it was a phenomenal game. And he was also out there for a good portion at the end of that thing when things got crazy. Mm-hmm. So sorry to rant too much. You know, mm-hmm. Hockey Princess just started ranting about Vlasic and then I joined in. But, you know. We love Sometimes you got to. <laughs> it was a great moment. It was a great moment. Um, I definitely think out of this game, Bedard looked the best on the dot. Compared yeah, I to think... other games, it was still a struggle a yeah. bit, which, you know, also just a reminder. He's just a kid. He is hot shit, but he's just a kid. Yeah, and there's a, you know, that is that is what it is. Um for those of you new to the game or those of you old to the game, you've got your first and second line centers that are playing basically center for the first time in the NHL. They are going to struggle at the dot. We'll see where it all goes. Yep. Um, you know, for now, you let them struggle a little bit. I think they'll let, they'll let the kid, the boy wonder, or as I like to call him, the beacon of hope, the beacon of hope. That was what they called him in the first game. The beacon of hope. How's that, <laughs> how's that for pressure? I thought I was in a Star Wars movie. Um, but, uh, you know, Donato will occasionally take some draws for him or anything, but Donato's been dog shit in the dot, too. So you're just it's something you're going to have to deal with. Right. It'll have repercussions like it did at the end of the game where you're stuck in your own zone. If somebody could just win a face-off, and get the puck out, it would be helpful, and it doesn't happen. But, right. again, you know, those are minor things. Minor things that will come around at some point in time. Yeah, it just overall was a nicer pace, the Toronto game, than the other ones. Um, all right, we got my three stars. Okay, bring out your three stars. Three star? Third star. Uh-huh. Double A. Okay. Just liked just overall, just stood out. Yeah, I thought he, he was uh, a decent presence. Liked what he was doing. Liked oh, just liked the pairing. Just yeah, him. I thought he played a really good game. Um, nothing in particular. Just thought his game was exceptionally strong. Okay. Second one, we're gonna see how many times I can put Alex Vlasic on my three stars. But that Tavares moment just kind of sealed that for me. And especially, because I try not to compare him to Core and Kaiser, just because Vlasic does have a, a, you know, a bit more time 
an experience on him, but you can't help but not compare him to the other rookies as well, and he's just consistently standing out. Um, and also just doing so much better than last year. I mean, last year he was barely fighting for a spot, kind of that in-between Chicago and Rockford, and now he's... And, and it was still questionable if he was even making the roster going into training camp, and he has confirmed that, no, this is my spot. I'm yeah. on your top line. I can do it. Yeah, There's a you, reason you got me. Yeah, you've got to hand it to Luke and the coaching staff because the, uh, that was the pairing they came right out in training camp and went with was, uh, you know, Seth and, and the Pickle together. And the Pickle is definitely, he's done his part. He, he looked fantastic. I mean, had Bloom not played out of his mind, he definitely would have been the number one star. I've got to figure. Unless you have a different number one star there, Hockey Princess. Number one star is Bloom to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but uh, yeah, the game was fantastic. Um, it's what you want to see. So, are you giving me a wrap up signal? Signal or no? No. Well, are you getting? <laughs> we're in the big bad city, and there's a crazy person behind us. We need to be worried. I had my eyes on that crazy person all the time. Sorry. Sorry. Um, for those of you listening, you know. There's going to be different places that we're going to be doing this podcast from. I was hoping to get in a cigar, and then dinner went a little late, so we're just in the car now doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, I thought me and Hockey Princess had discussed giving you guys two podcasts this week. We can. She, we can. She says she doesn't remember any of it. But we can. But I think that'll be the game plan. Uh, we'll do a tiny segment maybe before the home opener. And then we'll give you our assessment, and we'll uh, we'll do a little podcast as I'm driving the hockey princess home. Maybe a little assessment on Saturday of kind of who people are, because that's another one that I've gotten from folks that are like they haven't come to a game in a couple of years. You know, Kubelik's gone, Debrinket's gone, Taves is gone, Kane's everybody's gone. So kind of. Who are these guys that we're watching? You know, the other big question that I got was, you know, I want to get a jersey. I want to get a shirt. Who's going to be here for a while? Connor Asi Bedard. Aside from Connor Bedard. Well, after that, you really <laughs> don't know. You've got to figure Corwell. Um, after that, I don't so, know. Seth well, Jones is going to be here for a while, but... You know, he's like an old man now, so who really wants an old man's jersey? So we'll do a little bit on that. Okay, going on to Saturday. Uh, but yeah. No, we can definitely do a, another episode. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to give you that one. We're going to give you bonus coverage. I'll apologize already. Um, crusty old guy does not handle Hawk losses very well, so usually whenever I'm at, we do this podcast, I have time to decompose. Is that a word? I think decompress? Decompress. Decompress <laughs> from like a loss or anything. You're gonna get um you might get a tiny bit of raw emotion. Hopefully not, but we'll discuss all all of that when we uh do another one come Saturday. Absolutely. All right, so that is it for this one, because we're doing a double feature. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, however you listen. Tell your friends. Tell your friends to go to games. 
come to a game. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to be on an episode, you have a correction. Um, was there a correction that you gave that we had? Yeah, well, I'm week? not correcting no, you guys all the have, time. I figure that's just rude. What am I like? The all-knowing? <laughs> you that's are just the silly. Um, and then otherwise, we will talk at you guys in a couple of days when the Hawks are back in town. 